Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Chronically Courageous. So great to have you here. And thank you so much for coming back each week. I truly am grateful for each and every one of you. So this week, I want to talk about parenting with a disability and how it can potentially benefit our children. I really wanted to do this episode because I understand the guilt that can come with being a disabled or chronically ill parent. We don't sometimes have the energy to make home-cooked meals or to physically keep up with our children or have the bodily ability to keep up with our children. We have our children see us in pain and struggling and going through surgeries and hospital visits, and it's it's a lot. And of course, we all want our children to have this rosy life and not have to feel any pain, but let's face it, that's not real life. So I have an 18-year-old child, and if you've been following me on social media, you'll know that I just recently sent him off to college. And... I have to say, I could not be more proud of how he's doing. And I feel like with the adversity of having a parent that wasn't able to create a picture-perfect life for him, you know, it could actually be an advantage, you think? I mean, what if the adversity of having a parent that wasn't able to make everything perfect actually is an advantage to our kids in the long term? The more I watch him move through life, the more I realize that this is really a very true possibility. So I want to talk about the advantages of being raised by a parent with a disability. And the first thing that I'd like to discuss is time. So when I was working full time, I was not able to spend a lot of time with him. I was a single mother. I would drop him off at 7 in the morning and pick him up at 6.30 in the evening and I, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say that because it makes me feel like a horrible mother. But I was a single mother and I needed to put food on the table and I didn't have a choice. So, you know, I wasn't able to make it to all his activities because of work. And there came a time when I wasn't able to work anymore. And in that time, I was able to be there for him. I was there when he got home. I was there when he left for school. And I was able to make it to most of his activities when I was well enough. And that was such a gift for us both to have that time together like we'd never had before. Number two, being comfortable with the uncomfortable. I really believe that our children 
become so much more comfortable with situations that would otherwise throw most people into a panic because of what they've seen. And they've seen some difficult situations at their young age. And of course, again, this is nothing we would wish for their for our children, but it's one of those things that can ultimately wind up benefiting them. I'll give you an example. There was a child in his high school class. I can't remember exactly what grade it was. I want to say maybe he was a freshman. And the child had a seizure and the teacher froze and the rest of the class froze and they didn't know what to do. And he and another friend of his jumped in and they held the child down so that he didn't harm himself or the other kids. And he was the first one to help, even before the teachers. So I was just so proud of him. And I have to believe that's because of what he's seen and what he's been through and just being comfortable in those uncomfortable situations. Number three is compassion. Our kids see us go through so much. And when they see someone suffering because they've seen the closest person in their lives suffer to them, their parent, they want to help. So, you know, I'll give you an example. I took him to Costa Rica on a trip after my disability settlement came through. And part of that was because of the guilt I felt of all the things that I wasn't able to be to him when I was really sick. And of course, Murphy's Law would have it that I got sick on that trip. But he was so sweet and so loving to me. And I was having horrible pains in my head that was making my eyes water uncontrollably on the plane. And he just grabbed my hand and he was rubbing my leg and just comforting me and telling me it was going to be okay. And it was a role reversal, but it was the sweetest thing. And the amount of compassion that this child had for his mother was just so beautiful. Number four is empathy. So empathy meaning the ability not just to sympathize and say, oh, I'm so sorry, but to really, truly, deeply feel another person's feelings. And I found an article, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It's called, Are the Children of Parents with Disabilities More Empathetic? And there was a research study done in Israel where they studied families of parents that had an either an auditory or a visual disability like blindness or deafness. And the children did not have the parents' impairment. So they were perfectly healthy. So what they found through this research was that the school-age children and adolescents were higher in certain emotional skills as compared to the children of the adults without a disability. And ultimately, the research found that children whose parents had a sensory disability showed higher empathy and emotional awareness than the rest of the children. So what a gift to our kids. I mean, you know, when you think about how that's going to form and shape them as a person as they go through life, it really is a beautiful gift. Number five is adaptability, being able to go with the flow. I mean, he was taken out of school (laughs) in the pandemic and unable to see his friends, unable to have a graduation, having to go to school online. And he was more okay with it than I was. I was upset for him, but he was so calm, cool, and collected, and he just went with the flow. And that adaptability is something that's going to serve him throughout his life. And giving our kids that gift of being adaptable is really a great benefit to them. Kind of along those same lines is number six, resilience. My son, as I said, just left for college and he's living in the dorm. It's his first time out of the home living independently. 
And I'm on message boards with a lot of the other mothers whose kids are really, really struggling with the online classes and independent living and restrictions of, you know, the pandemic. And I speak to him almost every day without exception. I've seen him a couple of times since he left, and he is thriving and happy and really embracing this new normal or, you know, I I hate to even say new normal because it's definitely not normal, but he's happy and he's well and he's resilient and resilience is a wonderful quality to take with you throughout life. Number seven, independence. So, you know, so many times kids these days have every single thing done for them and everything is picture perfect and and organized and prepared and they really don't have to do a whole lot for themselves and Sean has some friends like this and he says you know mom I don't know how my friends are going to manage but in his case he had to there were times when I wasn't able to get out of bed so he had to make his own breakfast and he had to prepare his lunch for school the next day and manage certain things on his own and some of his friends don't know how to do their own laundry or wash dishes or prepare food. And these are all life skills that he has because I was in a situation where I couldn't do it all and I had to reach out and ask him for help. And because of that, he has such a greater sense of independence. Number seven, this is one of my favorites, gratitude. So of course, everybody should practice gratitude, I believe, because it's really hard to be angry or sad when you're in a state of gratitude. And when we go through really, really challenging times in life, we're more grateful for the little things. You know, when you have so much taken from you and, you know, your mobility and your just your general abilities to function in life, you really, really learn to appreciate those little things. So gratitude is something that I've practiced with my son, at least throughout these past five years since I had a decline in my health. And we have a daily practice where over dinner or another time during the day, we'll discuss what we're most grateful for. And it's really just such a beautiful practice to have. And I'll tell you about a time when three years ago, I had my pacemaker surgery and he saw me really, really struggling because I had some complications afterwards. And he saw me on the couch, unable to breathe and He called my parents to tell them and it was a scary time. And three weeks after the surgery, I said to my mother, let's go take him. I'm going to surprise him and give him the day off from school and take him to see there was this big eclipse. Some really, I can't remember exactly what it was, but some very special eclipse that everybody was making a really big deal out of. And we took him to this special science center and gave him the day off from school, and then we took him out to lunch. And the most important thing was, though, his mom was there. His mom was out of a wheelchair, able to walk around independently, and able to do something fun with him for the first time in a while. And the gratitude in his eyes and on his face was just so beautiful to see. And And I believe that's something he really has instilled in him is appreciating the little things. Number nine is awareness. A lot of people go through life and they're just not in tune to what's going on around them and to what people are feeling and how people are doing. And 
because my son has seen me go through so many different things, he's very, very in tuned, not just to me, but to other people. And he can sense when people are not well, or they're having a hard time with something. And he'll tell me when he sees me without me even having to say anything, he'll just know and he'll tell me, Mom, you need to stop and you need to rest. He's like my, my little parent. No, actually, I've done I've done my I've done my job in parenting, but it's it's really sweet how he really just notices if I'm moving more slowly or if I'm in pain, and he'll offer assistance or just you know tell me to kind of, mom, I've got this. You can relax, and it's it's just really great. And I just can't help but think what a great husband and parent he is going to make someday because of his awareness. Number 10, the last one is diversity. So how many kids do you see staring at people with prosthetic limbs or in wheelchairs or having something out of the norm? Because he's seen me go through so much and with all these different surgeries and in a wheelchair, in a walker, with a cane and having all, you know, a neck brace and all these different things, he's really not that phased by people with differences and he knows that despite what they might look like on the outside, they're they're just people, just like his mom. So it really, I think, is going to make him a much more sensitive person and someone that's willing to and comfortable embracing the diversity that we have in this world. Just to summarize, the 10 things that I believe are advantages to the children that we have when we have a disability is number one time we have so much more time to spend with them number two they're un they're comfortable with the uncomfortable number three they have a much more deep sense of compassion number four their ability to have empathy is also much greater number five they are very adaptable human beings number six they are resilient and they can bounce back so much more quickly Number seven, they have a much greater sense of independence. They're able to do things on their own. Number eight, they have gratitude even for the little things. Number nine, they have an awareness of other people and can really sense how people are doing and tune into that. And number 10, they're comfortable with diversity. So in summary, I just want to say it's normal, you guys, to feel a sense of guilt for not being able to give your kids everything that you wish you could. And when you look at perfectly able-bodied parents and you see them running around with their kids and hiking and doing all the, all the things that we wish and want to do, but you know what? I'm giving you full permission to let that go. It's okay. These situations that your child is in is setting them up for greater success in life. And really all they need is love. As long as they know they're loved and they have their basic needs met, they're going to be fine and they're going to flourish and grow and be productive, empathetic, compassionate, sweet, loving members of society that are probably a lot better equipped to deal with things than children who have not been through this journey. So we know that in life, there are going to be difficult things that arise. And when these things arise, they're going to have the tools because they've acquired the skills of how to deal with them at a much earlier phase of life. With that said, I hope you all have an amazing week. So much love to you all, so much strength and support because I know this is not an easy path to take. 
but I really truly believe that it's happening for us and not to us and we can embrace this life we've been given and really maximize and find the beauty in it all. Sending you all love. Bye-bye. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.